0: racing it's time to recap it and who better to do it than michael new magic two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts if they know they're not talking out of their royal ascots well, they say makes sense so well, ladies and gents sit back and relax as blinkers off presents the magic mike show where you hear the experts speak the magic mike show tune in to the- The the Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought
1: to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. He is actually not Mike Samich. That is Nick Sievers there. We'll get to him in a second. This is the Magic Mike Show episode 396. And yeah, as you can see, Mike Samich isn't here. He is off on a golf outing, but with me is a member of the bomb squad, Nick Sievers. Nick, good to have you on the show, buddy.
2: I miss my, I'm not Samich, huzzah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> there you go i got it in there anyways uh hey it's great to have you on real quick if people you know aren't familiar with you from the live chat you're an active member that i've been since day one uh, just tell us real quick about you and your background in horse racing
2: um i was actually looking i started watching horse racing for the breeders cup 2018 because i was listening to the different podcast that's talking about college football and they went over all their picks he picked almost all chuck i lost a lot of money And the next day I deposited another $200 with Naira and got my bonus. And I've been playing ever since because I may be a degenerate.
1: Uh, That's an awesome story. Yeah. Um, I got hooked because of the Breeders' Cup eventually and losing a lot of money at the Breeders' Cup. Mine was in 20. uh, It was 2015. It was Pharaoh's Breeders' Cup. What was yours? Uh,
2: 2018 was Accelerate, which. uh,
1: That 2018 year. Yeah. That was an up and down year at Churchill. I remember that.
2: Yeah. And Chris Felica said, no way Accelerate can win this five to two from the outside post. Not a chance. So he. Gave out a $5 Xacta box that was 25 bucks that I played, and I, I lost. But Man, you know,
1: I, I hit the exacted before, and it was good. Uh, Jared uh, ended up, he was alive in a pick five single to McKinsey in that classic. Pick four, pick five. Uh, very nice payouts. And then he was debating for 20 minutes with a bunch of us how to hedge his bets because it was going to be a really nice payout if McKinsey won. But he was like, trying to figure out all the different horses. And then he suddenly, after 20 minutes, was like, wait. The only horse I think that really could beat him here is Accelerate. So we put a healthy win bet on Accelerate and lost the pick, whatever it was, but he ended up hitting that one. So, uh, listen, we are going to try and hit a pick five. We're looking at Saratoga's late pick five on on Saturday, August 6th. And, Nick, this one's exciting because it's the grade one test stakes, the grade one Whitney stakes the here for the Braves Cup Classic, and a grade one Saratoga Derby, which is like the best betting race on the entire card. It looks really great. I'm curious to see how – uh, how we each saw this sequence here. So uh, I saw that you did a $5 ticket as well, pressing your opinion. So you must have some really strong opinions here.
2: Or I just copy Mike Samich and just say, hey, Mike does it. I can do it, right? That's fine. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's, uh, yeah, it's strong opinions, uh, not very clever, but we'll get there.
1: Uh, it's worth noting too that the, uh, the pick six, the dollar pick six starts the leg before this. It's the grade two Glens fall stakes. It is a dollar denomination. My ticket ends up being uh, $40 uh, for 50 cents for pick five. And you've got Warlike Goddess in there who won the Glens Falls last year and looks like a complete monster again this year in the race. So if you want to play the pick six, using my picks, you know, it's end up being $80 if you just tack on the one horse there. Did you look at the Glens Falls, Nick? I did. Um, I
2: tried my best to get away from Warlike Goddess. I couldn't really do it other you. than Virginia Joy. And it's like, well, why am I going to go to Virginia Joy when I think she may be better, but not really? And so it'd be it'd be Warlike Goddess for me as well.
1: I can't wait. We've got uh, because we're gonna be back at Keeneland. I got the rushing fall Keeneland Breeders' Cup hat when she almost won the Philly Mare Turf two years ago there. Warlike Goddess loves Keeneland. We all love Saratoga. That's what we're here for, Nick. Let's get into the show. Right up. All right, Nick. Kicking off the first leg of the late pick five at Saratoga on Saturday, uh, <laughs> uh, August 6th. I forgot what month we're in? Race eight. It's a seven furlong dirt sprint. nine and one X allowance runners three and up. I'm all thrown off. You're not my son. Just killing me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The number eight, St. Tappet, there you see, is the eight to five morning line favorite. And for good reason, a monstrous three-year-old debut winner back at Judah Belmont Park. He was going six and a half. The way he won, you would think seven should be no problem. But it's a really tough task whenever you're facing winners for the first time, let alone a bunch of older winners at Saratoga. Uh, this is a tough one. What did you do in this spot, Nick?
2: I, I did the Mike Somich thing and I tossed it. So my uh, general rule of thumb is first time versus winners, you're gonna toss. Um, and I'll I'll be wrong on that, and I'll I'll live to fight another day. So my top pick, I'm gonna do another somage thing. Silly K, I think is how you pronounce that. I uh, it, yeah, yeah. We'll go with that. Um, <laughs> Second time at five, I again, I'm stealing Sommage's thing. Second time at five, really could be a step up. Took a nice step on time form numbers. I use time form a lot. I really liked um, the move up there and ran second to Montucky Daddy and beat Perfect Buddings. Um, I like the chance here of closing into what could be a fast pace between St. Tappet, Fluid Situation, and American Gentleman think could get up there to lead. So um, sitting off that pace, I kind of like the idea of Sicily um, K coming in and uh, winning there.
1: You know, I went, uh, I went too deep here, and, and one of the horses I used was Silly K, and I think you make uh, great points. Um, Montauk Daddy, if, if people don't know, the Orlando Noda claimed the horse, threw him in that race, and he, it was a huge improvement out of nowhere going gate to wire, and he actually repeated that exact same effort next time out with an even better buyer, than he got for beating Silly K. Um, it, you know, it seems like that was a horse that just really needed some more pace to chase, and I think, you know, you got 10 horses here, assuming they all draw in, Nick, I think he's going to get that pace, um, you've got, you know, along with St. Tappy, you don't know what he's going to do, if he's going to try and press or sit off a little bit, it's all weird too, with this horse, you never, really don't see Chad Brown take on a New York bred, when it's not a stakes talented type of horse, you know, in the past one and a half years, and it's not one of his regular clients that owns the horse. It's like, it's, Chad Brown took this on us for a reason. So it feels like it's properly spotted to win at Saratoga. We're getting 10 to 1. I can't believe that. So uh, I, I agree with you there. I'll go through. I just went with the, the two deep. I went with the eight St. Tappet. That horse's debut was just unbelievably impressive. I know he's got a tough task here. But what I love is... He had to break from the rail in that debut, had to steady, showed he could pull back, sit off of a horse and relax and, you know, blew right past him in the stretch. He's drawn outside. Saez is aboard. Um, the runner-up Golden Alchemist actually won on uh, July 29th, got a 90 buyer going nine furlong. So, uh, you know, good backup buyer uh, effort there. Again, I understand it's a very short price. You probably want to be eight to five on him. He's going to be very popular in the pick five. If you want to take a shot, this is the time to take a shot against a horse like this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing is that if you're going to be playing this, you got to know that you can lose, right? Like it's okay to not get this pick five and I'm going to play it for cheap enough that I feel okay with throwing out a ticket where I don't play a three-year-old, um, you know, second time, first, first winners. like, I, I'm okay losing with that situation.
1: All right. So yeah, you went forty deep here. We talked about the three. Uh, a horse I almost used that you did is I think your next up, the number one perfect money is talking yep. about it.
2: Perfect Money lost a silly cat by two and a quarter. First as a four-year-old coming out, a second as a four-year-old. You know, another angle that makes a lot of sense. Pletcher uh, with Dylan Davis. Dylan Davis not being great so far at Saratoga, but not terrible. Um, so really, it's if I'm going to beat Saint Tappet, I kind of got to find a way to beat Saint Tappet. Um, so that one made sense because it just lost to my top choice, um, hometown. This is one that's really strange to me, and it just feels like, well, if I'm going to go deep, I'm going to go deep. And hometown, the six, um, last ran at Saratoga last September, lost to Baby Yoda in Olympiad. Not, not the end of the world here. Um, a that so, real famous race. Yeah, exactly. Where With Baby Yoda ran somehow a 176 time form number or something crazy. Yeah, like something that. like so, that. Yeah. Um, and so it also uh, ran second in, in Saratoga 2020 back in July of 2020 was a big break and then came back to Aqueduct to break its maiden. One of those fits the track, maybe kind of like Saratoga, or maybe it cost me 50 cents to throw it on to find out that it's just not a very good horse. Um, And then my last one on here is Osborne. Um, I like Churchill Downs coming to Saratoga. So far this meet, it's been a fairly good um, conversion for them. They've been pretty good. And Ron Marquette owns it. Ron Moquette owns this horse and trains the horse. He's only ran six at Saratoga, according to time form, the last year. So why is he shipping here? Why isn't he going to Ellis Park? Why isn't he going somewhere else? So it's one of those irat hops on. There's something going on here that, you know, I want to buy. I want to pay my 50 cents to find out why.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a great point. So I'll go backwards real quick here. Osborne is a horse that Moquette actually thought could be a potential derby trail horse at Oaklawn. He was really excited about it. And then something went wrong kind of in the, at, after the Southwest Stakes or in the Southwest Stakes. You just see, him, uh, you know, that's the one time he's off the board in his career and not really competitive, and he misses a bunch of times. So they bring him back, and Moquette keeps him at this seven furlong, six and a half furlong distance. He shows a lot of potential. My issue is uh, if you look at who he was unable to catch <laughs> this year, going seven furlong, six furlong, the surfer dude is – is a good sprinter but i don't know that i would take surfer dude necessarily in this field happy jack is the doug o'neill horse that uh was finishing third and fourth in every san anita derby trail race by like 15 lengths if you remember that horse. so um not loving who he was unable to catch but i think underneath this is a must use at six to one especially because irad jumps in like you mentioned um the three horse uh, i'm sorry the six horse hometown I, this horse could win he's got a seven for a long victory on his uh on his tab there i just don't like that chad brown had this horse and they gave him away or, or kind of said no and actress takes him uh if this was a claiming race i think this is you know if he was entered for a tag or a higher price tag maybe but it feels like this horse just they have trouble keeping him healthy and they're just gonna maybe they just send him to actress because actress is a lot cheaper than chad brown for those yeah. day rates <laughs> So, uh, oh, yeah, and then use the one. Perfectly, like I said, I I almost use. I think this horse is distance limited. You know, you watch some of those races when he's trying to go longer. He has that seven furlong win, but it's against New York Breds, and I haven't really seen him, you know, take that step forward. He could do it. I just, you know, between the two of them, I thought Silly K ran a lot better there. Let's move on. This is going to be a fun one to talk about. Second leg of the late pick five at Saratoga on Saturday, August 6th, race nine. The grade one test stakes a seven furlong dirt sprint for seven three-year-old fillies. All eyes on this one right here, the two to five. I'm just seeing the morning lines for the first time. Holy cow, two to five on Matt <laughs> Um Going for a fifth straight win, second into grade one. I get why she's that I mean, I get why she's favored. I, wow, two to five is like a, wow, that's really small. Uh, where are you going here?
2: Matt Araya. I mean, I'm going to play, like you said, a $5 ticket, the single here. Um, I, I'm willing, again, to lose money thinking that, brad cox and flavin pratt and godolphin can't get this one to win again right like it's she's been beating everybody at this race at this level at this distance um one of the things i love is the seven furlong three-year-old races the steven or the test um the jerkins where you get these ones that were on the derby and oaks trail cutting back into something they actually are good at um this one was doing this from the beginning. Like she never really went onto that trail. She was just like, we're going to run six, seven for long, we're going to beat their brains in. And she did. Um, I am interested though, with the ever running this one on turf because of the pioneer, the Iron Bernardini angle. And you know more about this than I do. And I was actually going to ask you this before. And here we are, but that's one of those things. Like at some point, do they try this one on the turf or do they just say, Nope, we're going to just keep kicking the heck out of people on the dirt and, uh, and just keep doing that.
1: Uh, well, that's you know, it's a good question. It, it's interesting because it's a Godolphin homebred, so you would assume they're just going to keep her when she's done racing. So, you know, get her as many Grade One accolades as mu- win as much money with her as you can. I don't think we see her after the Breeders' Cup Philly, mary Sprint. I think she, yeah. maybe she goes to the was at the La Brea after that mm-hmm. in December, but I'm not confident that they would keep this horse running because it's Godolphin and they run a big breeding operation. Um, you know. If they do keep her going, say she goes to the Breeze Cup for the Mare Sprint and they decide to keep her back at age 4 you could see them try experimenting with Turf to see what she's like there. But the goal from the beginning, like you said, Nick, has been sprinting with this horse, and you see yeah. just how dominating she's been. Uh, there really are no other three-year-olds that seem to hold a candle to it. We haven't seen her face off with Echo Zulu still um, going one turn, but we'll see what happens. Uh, listen, I, I love her too. This is a single for me. Uh, I tried every which way to find a way to beat her. Couldn't do it. Uh, the only three horses that I've ever beaten are Secret Oath, Grade One winner. <laughs> By the way, beat her going two turns. Juju's Map beat her in a Grade One, going two turns. So scratch those off. She's not a two-turn horse. And then Marissa's Lady beats her in the Fern Creek. That horse has won several stakes, not just that Fern Creek, and just barely caught her or just barely beat her. So you know that's the. It takes a really impressive, ultra talented horse to beat her. And I'm looking through this and I don't see him. I mean, we saw what Elm Drive was trying to do dirt sprinting against what i would say are worst horses and ain't easy and grace adler you know becca taylor's fine but they're not you know massive horses she's out here because you can try and get grade one black type placing for little red feather when they want to sell her later um you know november rain's a good new york horse hot peppers is got some speed but matter not a speed horse so yeah. doesn't need to be on the lead um anyway let's real quick you you had a second horse here and i know that mike samich likes this one as well so i'm glad you brought up the fourth wish you well
2: That was the one I'm going to use on the 50-cent ticket in the hope that Hot Peppers decides that she has to get the lead. Montereya, for some reason, from the rail also goes. And then one of these other ones, probably Elm Drive, really... It's a pace that we see like we did say at the distaff last year where private mission and, uh, one of the other ones, went nuts and you get a 21 second type of quarter and a 40, devil, yeah right. And you get a 43 second half mile, something crazy like that. And then hope that wish you well can come and pick up pieces and, um, nab them at the end. Not a real strong play, but at 12 to one, again, for a 50 cent ticket, I'm willing to find out for 50 cents.
1: Well, and, and one of my, uh, Oh, sorry, that was me. Uh one of my sandwiches, sorry, uh, one of my sandwiches angles, that uh, was my sandwich move, is he loves horses that debut at seven furlongs. And this horse, you know, that's exactly what she did. But George Weaver's not a trainer that gets bet heavily for debuts. He's known for a second out. Uh this horse was bet down to eight to five favorite in that race at Goldstream Park. So uh, she's got the talent. Scratch off the sloppy race when it seemed like she really just hit it off track. Maybe something went wrong because we haven't seen her for a couple of months, but essentially you're if you scratch that off you're going from a maiden debut win to a grade one race so uh to me again it feels like they're sniffing for black one type uh it's literally black type thoroughbreds as one of the owners here but mm-hmm. um i think she's good uh just used use the six hot peppers i know that she is kind of a, a, a popular choice here Luis size for rudy rod i know he's at the time of my notes here over for 34 at saratoga <laughs> she might be Man, she might be a little sneaky here. What do you think about the six?
2: She was the one that I was kind of liking until I realized she was the second choice. And so, you know, you can't really build a profitable pick five ticket using the top two choices. And I think that will be what people, the one that people land on. Oh, we're going to beat the two to five. We'll go with this one. (laughs) And she has the right to do it. It's just getting seven furlongs on the lead with potential pace that may be here like i don't see how that one works out i um, mean you look back at a florida bred stakes race at tampa where she was going seven furlongs eight to five favorite and didn't get the lead on a slow pace and couldn't get there yeah kind of the way that i was looking at it, like you know what if she beats me good for her i'm i'm okay losing that ticket
1: yeah, I, this, that's one of those ones that, you know, if she if she beats me, she beats me. Uh, let's move on. We've got the middle leg of the late pick five at Saratoga on Saturday, August 6th. This is the big one, the grade one, $1 million Whitney Stakes. We've got six older males going to mile and eight on the dirt track. Breeders' Cup winning year in for the Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, could be a field of five, actually. Rumor has it that the number one American Revolution is going to scratch because he has the same trainer and ownership group. As the sixth, life is good. He is the 6-5 to favorite here. Faces Olympiad, who's a 2-1 to second choice. What did you do here, buddy?
2: I I went with life is good. I'm I'm a chalk-eating weasel, and I will freely admit that. I think life is good may be the best horse in training. Uh, You know, flight line excluded, and name six other ones that could potentially beat it. But I love life is good. I think that win at the Pegasus, beating Go like that, was just one of the most impressive runnings I've seen. In quite some time, in my whole four years of watching horse racing. But like that horse was just crazy good. Now, go with throw out the Madan race, came back at seven furlongs, seemed to be a prep, made a lot of sense, and you know, beat him by five lengths, beat a good speaker's corner at that point. I find it hard to find any way that um, this one loses here.
1: Well, yeah, listen, I, I, you know, it could very well, you know, win this uh, race. I'm glad you brought up the Pete Speaker's Corner by five lengths. Speaker's Corner up until June uh, was one of the hottest horses in, in racing. He won the Fred Hooper. Uh, then he wins the Gulfstream Park Mile. Then he wins the Grade 1 Carter. And then he runs into Flightline in the Met Mile. And then he runs into Life is Good in the Nerud. Uh Speaker's Corner is going, please, God, somebody send me some relief here. I need help uh very good horses he's faced and and both of that's how good life is good in flight line that they dusted a horse like that um he is my top pick you want to talk about chalk eating weasel i used both of them i (laughs) think it's only going to cost 40 dollars for 50 cents i structured it so that i could focus on these two here um i think the time to beat olympiad is drawing near if it's not now uh this horse since september of last year has been running almost every month. That's a lot. And he's faced a lot of good horses. He's faced Proxy. He's faced Happy Saver. He's faced American Revolution multiple times. Um, He's a great horse, but my goodness, you know, Bill Mott can keep them in form. But at some point, the dam feels like it's going to burst. If you ask me today between Olympiad, Flightline, and Life is Good, which of those three isn't going to make the Classic? I might pick Olympiad just because – at some point, he's got to have a break the way that these horses run and the way that they're usually trained. So uh, I am going to use him here because, you know, Life is Good is, has shown that he can be beat at Saratoga. Uh, a lot of people want to blame the jockey for their ride in uh, the Jerkins when he somehow lost. I'm okay with doing that. But uh, I do respect Bill Mott. I respect the hell out of that effort in the Stephen Foster. If you remember, he sat on a wicked fast pace for a mile and eighth race and when they turned the corner, he kept going. Like American Revolution was coming, Proxy was coming, Olympia was like, nope, I'm good. I got you. I got you beat this entire. And that is a long stretch of Churchill. So again, I you know set up my ticket so that I can use the two chalk in this race. Uh, if somebody say Hot Rod Charlie, neither of us used him. He is the third choice here at nine to two. Uh, what scares you away from Hot Rod Charlie here?
2: Nothing. I mean, that was the other one I was going to use. I mean, you, you guys talked about that when you did the pick five at Monmouth that day, that this was a, that was a setup race for Hot Rod Charlie at Monmouth. It was going a mile shorter than he wanted after coming back from the Middle East. That was a prep, and that was probably a prep for this race, which made a lot of sense, and it makes a lot of sense now. Um, I just think Life is Good is so much better than these horses. And again, I could be completely wrong, and I'm willing to eat that, but Life is Good being as fast as he is. It's going to be hard for people to catch horses to catch him. People never going to catch him. Um, But Hot Rod Charlie can come off of that pace, and if there is not a hot pace, he has a chance of running him down. But I really do think that Hot Rod Charlie is going to run second here. I, I liked American Revolution underneath with the potential scratch right, there really i think uh, hot rod charlie is your your exact and i do a 6-2 exact a cold for you know as much money as my wife will let me spend that day
1: so you're gonna leave off so happy saver has finished second in his last four starts three of them grade ones um you're not gonna you're not gonna use him in second all right he's a little be, at you. yeah i mean
2: that would be the thing is that i think happy saver probably pays better i Going way out on a limb there, eight to one, paying better than nine to two. I'm very good at math here. Um, uh, but I just think that if we're going to get a second that isn't Olympiad, which is what I'd be going for, is the Hot Rod Charlie coming in
1: second. Well, let's move on. Penultimate leg of the late pick five at Saratoga on Saturday, August 6th, race 11. This is the Saratoga Derby, grade one million dollar race for 11 three year olds, all Colts, still as of the publishing right now, going to <laughs> mile and 316s on the outer turf course. Uh, the best betting race of the entire day at Saratoga. This is going to be a fun one to watch, regardless of how much uh, I've got riding on it. I think my only betting might just be on this big five, because this race is it has got a lot of horses I love. A lot of them coming from the Belmont Derby, which Classic Causeway won. He comes back here. He's now 8-1. to one. Uh, You know, here's my thing. If the stewards don't scratch Emmanuel for some stupid reason out of Belmont Derby... <laughs> Classic Causeway never goes gate to wire and my boy nation's pride wins that race, but that's what happened. We'll see Emmanuel. Please don't get scratched for a dumb reason. Who's your top <laughs> pick in here? Today?
2: So this one feels a little bit like a Delmar race all of a sudden where we get 11 whole horses at Saratoga. It's kind of amazing. Um, nation's pride is where I landed because again, now I'm going to get into that chalk where nation's pride is going to be the best closer in this race. I don't love being inside, but at a mile and three sixteenths, you really can't, he can set the ride up. Buick is, you know, Appleby Buick can ride wherever they want and should be the best combination on most of the turf courses across the country and across the world. Um, nation's pride closing into what should be a fast pace. Like I said, with Emmanuel and classic causeway, both going, you assume they both have to go. It's the only way they can do it. Um, hope they burn each other out, except I'm going to be using both of, or well, one of them underneath anyways. Um, but yeah, nation's pride closing going a mile and three sixteenths should be no problem for this one. You know, I, I like this one a, a lot. And I'm going to single it my $5 pick five and going to be using a couple others. Um, but with the time form, the way that it is moving up off of that time form number really feels like he has a chance to be, you know, win this one by a few open lengths,
1: uh this has been my top pick uh he was my top pick in the belmont derby he was my top pick in the epsom derby uh the, the, that's the big race over in uh, england for three-year-olds uh, he was the best runner in the belmont derby there was no pace frankie Dettori. um i didn't think gave a terrible ride some people had a question about it uh but the point is appleby you mentioned brings in the big guns he was like he totally. brought over two amazing horses last uh last month for the belmont derby Belmont Oaks got second with both of them with the tory buick's back buick's here so the, you know they went three for four together last year when buick came to america that's pretty damn impressive so now i'm quite hoping we get a better price you know seven to two we'll see what those odds are here uh, a horse that we both used is the six annapolis he's the five to two morning line there and for very good reason he's done nothing wrong other than that really boggy you know penn national surf course back third start off the bench third start at three And I'm not concerned about the distance, you know, stretching out from having run a mile consistently. That's what I'm on 316s. On Friday, there is a grade two one-mile race that if Annapolis wanted to, could probably win very easily at Saratoga. They said, no, we're going to go here. Pletcher's got a couple other horses he threw in there that aren't nearly as good as Annapolis seems to be. So uh, I'm going to use him. My love for the two Europeans outweighs uh, my love for this horse, but I think, you know, it's going to be chalky here in this leg for me, but... I think you really have to use Annapolis.
2: Yeah, and I think it's the best. He's the best closing American that we have, especially this three-year-old division. Um, that pin, mile, I would just throw out entirely. Um, and if you go back and look at its maiden, his maiden win at Saratoga last year, like he won for fun. Um, and then coming back at Belmont and running that mile, Irad stays aboard with Pletcher. Like I don't like the five to two, but I, I would bet win money on five to two all day long with this one.
1: Yeah, probably not getting it. <laughs> no. Um the uh so that's where we diverge from the horses that we agreed on here. I'm going to use Stone Age as well, the number 10 horse, uh the 92 3rd choice. Uh Aiden O'Brien's now going to have Johnny Velasquez riding. Johnny rides for Joseph O'Brien's horses when he has them at Saratoga, like he does in the I think the opener, Alexis Zorba, a uh, big favorite of Saratoga Slims, uh from having interviewed Joseph O'Brien, but uh you know Velasquez has a good relationship with the O'Briens and this is a horse that was the second betting choice in the Epsom Derby. So one of the biggest three-year-old races of the year in Europe. He was the second betting choice to the horse that ended up being the winner. He was really washy that day. You can scratch it off. You know, He was second by a head or a miss second by a head to my top choice are both of our top choices here in Nation's Pride. So I'm curious why you didn't use him here. Is it because of the price you needed to draw a line because you use the top two?
2: That was a lot of it. Um, I think – I think that it's probably not going to want to go this long, but I don't know anything about that. So like Galileo, like, why wouldn't I want to go that long? Like that doesn't make any sense. So yes, mainly the price. Um, also being beat by Nation Spread and Classic Causeway in the last race. If this race sets up anything like that one, which it has the potential to, um, I just think that Nation Spread's a better horse in Stone Age. So I'm going to, you know, you got to draw that line somewhere. Hope that Annapolis can close better than Stone Age. Maybe I should flip those around given the prices, but I've already written it out. So we're going yeah. to send it with some real conviction now that Annapolis way better than Stone
1: Age. It's set in stone. You can't come out. Of it. No. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, next up for you, who are you going to use? Uh,
2: I liked Emmanuel um, in that same way that I liked classic causeway in the Penridge or not in the Penridge. I liked classic causeway in the Belmont Derby. I liked Emmanuel here might be able to just go and hit the lead and not look back. Uh, maybe not, but if I get, I think he's the best horse, best speed horse and has the best likelihood of getting the lead. Um, so I'm going to play him as the potential of just gate to wire. Um, given the pin ridge and the way he ran there makes a lot of sense to me. I think he's better on turf. And if I'm going to do this with the gate to wire, I'm only going to take one of them. So I'm going to pick Emmanuel over classic causeway mainly because classic causeway and manual, the same price. I think classic cause we go in 12 to one. Yeah. I'd like that better. But at this point, gate to wire, I'm going to take Emmanuel.
1: Yeah. If Pletcher has three in here, Annapolis, Emmanuel, and then uh, the two grand Sonata neither of us are using, but I think it's definitely if you want to play underneath and uh, your exotics, uh, could definitely hit the board. Um, to me, there's just too much. Uh, there's enough speed in here that I don't want to touch mm-hmm. any of them. But if we see one or two of them scratch out or get forced to scratch out, you have to revisit because of what we saw in the Belmont Derby, uh, I'm a little curious to see what Jose Ortiz tries to do on the rail horse main event, 20 to one, a George Weaver trainee that three wins all going gate to wire. And in every race that the horse lost, the horse did not get the lead early. I think that horse is going to be on the gun from the rail. You would expect that. Um, so, it, you know, Emmanuel can you stalk? stock? We don't know. We haven't seen him try to do it. He blew the start at the fountain of youth, uh, you know, gained a little bit on some horses, but it wasn't really that impressive. But then you also have to worry about, you know, the seven Royal patronage who in the Belmont Derby and literally every race, uh, almost every race in his career in England or overseas was a front runner straight to the lead early to the lead. He kept some good company, but he's a pace presence that you saw in the Belmont Derby kind of started to fade when nation's pride stone age, swallowed him up in the stretch there. He got bumped around and just kind of gave up, you know, we, he had to use a different tactic here, but you know, you would expect that he would be all speed. So, you know, you had those three horses on top of Classic Causeway. To me, there's enough pace that it makes it safe to use uh, to, to, for me to not use them. But I'm with yeah. you. If you're going to use a speed horse, I'd either use the one or the three here. Uh, you've got another one you want to talk about trying turf for the first time out of Warfront Mare, the 11 <laughs> Ethereal Road.
2: He closed in every one of his dirt races except for the Ohio Derby. Throw that one out. He closed pretty well. Uh, he's never ran on the turf. Uh, why is he going here? And not to mention Dwayne Lucas at Saratoga at 15 to one. Again, this is one of those I'm going to play. I'm going to pay to find out whether or not he can do it. I don't want to walk away from this race and see that ethereal road somehow was able to actually close better than other horses that, you know, I loved ethereal road after the rebel, um, terrible race. I know, but right. the way that he closed in that race was pretty impressive. And if he can turn that into some sort of turf, Working it on the turf and getting the distance this long, I think you know, it, it, I want to pay to find out that he's able to do it.
1: I I think this horse could be great on turf. The dam was a great horse on turf. She uh, was great three placed, going two turns, uh, six start or seven starts in, on turf and uh, two wins, six on the board finishes. Uh, older sibling to uh, Turn to side, I'm looking up right now. Uh, is currently running still for Mark Cassie, but is a son of American Pharaoh won uh, one the quick call stakes, uh, is multiple stakes placed all over it, you know, one an aqueduct turf sprit. So there is a lot of turf pedigree here. Quality road being the sire, you would expect would it shouldn't have no issue with uh with turf. My issues, number one, Dwayne Lucas O for I think 183, his last turf starts. Um, if you're gonna experiment, and we said this with classic cause Aaron especially said this with classic cause with Belmont Derby. If you're gonna experiment on turf. Why are you picking a grade one with so many grade one caliber three year olds <laughs> in it? Uh, again, we said that about what the hell's can they make doing in the Belmont Derby? And he got lucky; with manual got scratched, but it turned into a win. So, uh, you know what? Watch the price for me. What I'm going to do? I'm going to watch the price on him closely and see it. You know, come win bet time, maybe throw five ten bucks on him, uh, and if you know to see if his odds float up. So, there is potential. I just, man, this is yeah. a tough spot for them to try turf for the first time.
2: Absolutely. And I just, I don't feel like Dwayne Lucas is one of those. is going to be like, you know what, this one has no chance. So I'm going to throw it in and maybe I don't know enough about it, but it seems to me like uh, he's throwing him in there for a reason. And if he gets scratched out, it's like, well, he was, you seen what came up and now he's going to be smarter and throw him into a grade two somewhere, you know, Monmouth or something.
1: Uh, Last horse for me. And I'm getting a great price at 12 to one, the number eight side dog for grand motion. He's got two horses in here, but uh, we talked about one of them. He's taking over Royal patronage for the first time here and don't like his front-running style. Uh, Side Dog, I think, is a really great closer who really needs, like, the perfect trip, the perfect lane uh, to open up for him. But you've seen what happens when he gets that. He won his first three career starts, two of them in stakes, one of them a grade three at Keeneland, which is never easy to win at Keeneland on the turf as a three-year-old. Uh, Goes to the American Turf Stakes, and I'll just forgive anybody who doesn't win on Churchill Turf because how many people, you know, Stolen Base seemed like the one horse that seemed to like it. (laughs) Um, Goes to the Belmont Derby, and, you know, we talked about it. The pace did not set up for him. He was trying to close from eight and a half lengths off. He got close. He closed seven lengths from when he first started to the finish on Classic Causeway. He's got the pace set up. He's going to be second off of a, a slight layoff there, but we're right in the middle of a three year old season. His, I looked up who his uh, sire was because I like slumber. I feel like I know who that horse is. He actually raced in America for a few years for Chad Brown. Sal Cuman bought him way back in 2014. One of the early horses, I think, for Saul Cuman that he bought that was already experienced, brought him over here. And the horse was a consistently strong 10, 12 furlong turf horse. So I think stretching, you know, this mile of three sixteens, 316, just like mile and a quarter looked really good for him. I think he's sitting on a really big effort here. He's just very trip dependent. So I'm very happy in 12 to one. If I was getting six to one on him, I don't know that I could play him just because of how trip dependent he is.
2: And that was exactly why I left him off. Not because it's like, oh, he's never going to have a chance, but you can only go so deep in these races. And with a horse like this, it's so trip dependent. You know, again, if he beats me, I'll be a little sad. (laughs) Because <laughs> Magic just told me he's going to win. But I definitely like the idea of, like, you pick the ones that you think have the best shot. You get the best closures, you get the best speed, and you you pick a couple of them. We can't go 11 deep in a race like this.
1: Well, I mean, you could. You would just have to, you know, <laughs> you'd probably have to go really short in a couple of others more than one leg there. Uh, maybe go deep here and then go, go short Ever, We're definitely not... Going short in the fifth and final leg of the slate pick five at Saratoga on August uh, August sixth. I almost said twenty sixth. We're not that far. Month <laughs> right uh, not Travers time yet. It's still Whitney Day. Uh, here is race twelve, a field of ten maiden New York breads and two also eligibles. Routing amount of sixteenth on the inner turf. Fun fact: When Nick and I were looking at the condition book for today at, at Whitney Day. Uh, I said, I bet you anything that first race in the condition book will be the finale. And hey, what do you know? I was right. It's almost like we do this a lot in New York. I'm just kidding. I love this race. It's going to be fun. Nobody's in for claiming tag. Where are you going on top? I I, I threw dart
2: at my four selections and I went with walk down. You get a Chad Brown first timer. Gaff Leone for Chad Brown first timer is an interesting choice with Brown. Not having any others in here. So maybe some that, you know, maybe they know that it's not that great. But, you know, Irad and Jose and Pratt are all on other horses. So maybe I'm wrong here. Uh, again, I'm going to go deep. Uh, the seven walk them down. First time starter at a Nyquist. Chad Brown hits it a fairly decent. And by fairly decent, I mean for Chad Brown Sanders, 24% of first time starters. You know, six to one. I'll take my chances. Yeah, Very insightful there.
1: <laughs> no, I to five deep, and this, this was my second choice. I think this is a great one. Uh, you have to note Chad Brown's debuting this horse on Whitney Day. Um, you know, the dam won her debut at age two, so there's winterly potential. Her She won her first three races overall, including a mile turf stakes at age three. Uh, Nyquist has been throwing pretty well on both surfaces. Uh, I think mile 16th might be a good limit for this horse. It's a good spot. I wouldn't know how much farther I want to play him. Um, you look at this and you go, well, why in a race like this is Tyler Gaffley riding for Chad Brown? Do you know why he's riding for Chad Brown? In this no spot? idea. So the horse is owned by E5 Racing, uh, the Edwards family. Their daughter, Cassie Edwards, just became Cassie Gaffleon a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so that's why uh, she and Tyler have been together for a while. And the horse aptly named Welcome Down the aisle. So, yeah, I love this horse. There's a lot of uh, little fun connections behind the scenes and they've already gelded this horse they're like listen this is, we're not in this for the breed this horse is it's a new york bread we know what we've got we're going to spot him properly here uh next up for you buddy
2: i had dream point I and mean, it's one of these races it's a new york bred maiden on whitney day anything happens dream point has raced 17 times and hit second four times kind of sort of like saratoga if i have that right i i just feel like this one has a real chance at Um, stepping up just slightly at four racing against uh, enough three-year-olds. I think the racing experience it has Rosario on the turf has been fine, if not good, Um, where I just think it has. Let's start that again. (laughs) (laughs) I think that it has a real chance of making a a slight step up. And if it just runs its last race, it it could be sitting there, you know,
1: at, at the top of the stretch, me feeling like, oh, I got a chance with this eight. I'm going to let an 0 for 17 maiden beat me in a race like this every single time. Yes. No, the not the wrong answer. Turf. Yeah, four <laughs> seconds in 12 turf starts. But uh, the only thing that makes and one of them was this, just uh, last time out, and it was via disqualification. So let's not really count that. Uh, really, it's three second-place finishes. Um, I just can't get to this horse, man. man. Rosario riding is the one way, and you would look at this and go, why is Rosario riding? I don't know. Maybe he needs a mount. I don't know. He's also, uh, it's worth noting that if this race comes off the rain, I haven't looked at the the weather, but if it comes off the the turf because of rain, um, Rosario is probably going to ride the 11 Olympic Dreams, who's the one MTO. So maybe he just wanted a ride to get named in here, and then maybe he knows it's going to rain. I don't know. Can't use this (laughs) horse. sorry.
2: Fair. That's not the wrong answer. At 8-1, to I was... I was stretching my head and really squinting to find something that wasn't my next choice, which is your mission. Um, yeah. I'm going to use your mission. Ran three weeks ago, ran second. Has every reason to win this race. A pletcher Irad. you know, at five to two, going to be on my tickets worth 50 cents, but I couldn't really push this one again. It's the second at three, facing orders again. Yeah, it has a real <laughs> shot. I really like it. Um, and so it definitely needs to be on the ticket here.
1: Uh, yeah, I use this horse, my top pick, like you said, nearly want to race like this last out. Uh, it's worth noting. He is the two horse, but because of a, a coupled entry, he's going to be breaking from the rail, but he takes back anyway. So not much of an issue. Um, the last horse that you use is one that I use as well. The number nine beyond uh, for me, this is a gate to wire threat because it's Luis size in the saddle on the turf and the horse has speed. Uh, it's also worth noting, uh, Jimmy bond, the trainer, this is his top jockey at Saratoga. 24 percent winners with Sayas in the saddle the last five years. When it's on turf, 29 percent. So uh, that's why I like the nine beyondy. What about you? It
2: ran in that same race. That your mission was just in three weeks ago. Coming back in the same condition, you know, it it fits in every way. I, I I hate the five to two and seven to two prices you're getting on the two to nine. It's not the type of tickets I like to play and design. But when you have the two potentially best ones with the lowest prices. You can only do so much about it. And I don't want to get through the rest of these legs and then be like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to be clever and leave off the seven to two because it's the second choice. So everything fits here. Took a small step down in time form speed figures. And I think if it comes back and runs, I think that's mainly because of the slow pace at the half. They have a blue code, which means slow. Um, if it runs back at a fairly decent pace with si, as you can imagine that can happen going eight to wire makes a ton of sense here.
1: Yeah, it's a little concerning that they went 25 and a half 52 and the horse couldn't hold on, but it was pressing with the horse, uh, another horse in that spot, who um, uh, faded all the way to 7th, was well off the pace. So, you know, they went slow, but Biondi held on, and the other one didn't. Um, I, I like that horse. I have two others. I'll go through them real quick here. I'll start with the number 6, Excursioniste. Uh, I made fun of you for having an 0 for 17 maiden, and I got an 0 for 10 maiden, but... <laughs> uh mine never had to drop down in the claiming ranks and still failed like yours did so that's why mine's better i'm just kidding uh he's over 10 only one second but he's over four with three in the money finishes going this specific distance on turf that's a big key for me uh mark hennig is one of the good guys that's why he's a low percentage trainer um he lost a couple clients because he didn't want to cheat uh is kind of what kind of came out about that information uh but he is a good trainer Uh, Henning is low percentage, but he has pretty high ROI in these situations, especially turf routing, uh, very positive ROIs there. Uh, What I also love about this, Javier Castellano, I've heard too many people talk about this. It's pretty damn good so far at Saratoga, 13 for 47 as of uh, right now when we're recording this, over a $4 ROI with his horses. And you're getting 15 to 1 on this. Uh, A son of tourist who was great at the uh, Breeders' Cup turf mile winner, I believe, uh, seeking the gold. So distance and turf right up the alley. I'm getting a good price on a horse that's 0 for 10 maiden, so that's why I feel good about it.
2: Absolutely, I mean, Castellano being at four dollar ROI is really a huge deal. That I, you know, I saw what was it? Craig McCaskey posted that where Irad's like a dollar fifty or something on his ROI. Uh, Castellano was definitely one that it, a price in a New York maiden race in the in the pick five. They always come up weird, so this one makes a ton of sense.
1: That was that was it Nick Tamro who posted that or was it Craig Mokowski I want to give credit.
2: Yeah, it was Craig Mokowski
1: Craig Mulkowski, the US, Timeform time form US guy. Craig is a great follow. If you don't follow him on Twitter, uh, Craig Mokowski is a must, must follow. Uh, last one for me. Number three, Curlin's wisdom, eight to one. Linda Rice. Uh, you know what? I don't understand. Why is this horse only been on turf one time? I know it, New York Bright spent this the winter at Aqueduct, but you had multiple chances at Belmont where you could have tried to get this horse on turf and you didn't. So finally gonna do it. Here at Saratoga, where it's going to be much easier to do it. Um, But that one lone turf, try, you know, the buyer figure is pretty low 53, but was a decent effort. Went gate to, or tried going gate to wire, ends up, you know, finishing third. Your mission got second in that race. So, and the horse was favored. Um, Jose Ortiz is picking up the mount. Jose Lascano was at Mountaineer. So (laughs) Jose Ortiz gets the mount here. Um, You know, drawn inside two turns on turf, has early speed. Could be sneaky here. Jose Ortiz jumped in the saddle, especially, is what caught my attention.
2: What I, the one thing I was against here was coming back on nine days rest. Why didn't they run it on the turf nine days ago? Like there were not made in New York bred races in the last nine days. They could have ran this one on instead of trying the Dirt well, again? I mean,
1: I, so the horse finished second twice at Belmont on dirt, and they probably were like, oh, let's see what we can do at Saratoga, and then went, oh, wait, no, we can't, we can't cut it on the dirt <laughs> at Saratoga. I mean, the horse also stumbled at the start. It wasn't bad. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know. Linda race doesn't have great numbers going turf to dirt uh, or dirt to turf. Uh, there really isn't any, you know, pedigree that's strong on the female side as far as turf goes. Rockport Harbor was a dirt horse. There's Holy Bull on, you know, the dam side as well. So, not a lot of turf pedigree here but it is a son of Curlin, and you know again jose ortiz is picking up the mountain here you know it's drawing my attention
2: yeah you're, you're picking an eight to one that makes a lot more sense than my eight to one does so you know who am i to start throwing arrows about uh oh yeah this one ran nine days ago and i can't name the race that it should have ran in And you know linda rice may know more about the condition book at saratoga than some random
1: guy on the internet so i take her well, advice over mine but that's because she's paying for it right <laughs> That's gonna do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks so much for joining Nick sievers special guest Nick Sievers and I uh, to go through this. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and post the tickets down below. I will start off Nick, and then throw it over to you because you have two tickets for me. Fifty cent base. I'm gonna go three eight with one with four six with four six eight ten with two three six seven nine forty dollar ticket. And again, if you want to play the dollar pick six, it starts the race before. Throw on got is for a single. That's an eighty dollars pick six ticket and have some fun. Go ahead, starting with your fifty cent ticket, Nick. When you're gonna
2: pull out the uh, yellow legal pad, like my yeah, friend Tony Cornheiser. Cool. There you go. My five dollar ticket's gonna be three one with one with six with four with seven eight. The fifty cent t- that's a twenty dollar five dollar ticket. Uh, fifty cent ticket is three one six nine with one four with six. With four six three eleven with seven eight two nine. I do those in my top choice order, which I would prefer that you guys do all the time because I listen to the end. I'm like, which one did you guys like the most? So It always throws me off. So that all was, I was a 50. Like cent, about that. That's a good point. $1. So
1: if you're listening, or, or you know, if you're listening on the podcast or the rewind, let us know in a chat or a tweet or somehow. Love to know that Nick is saying, you know, how Mike and I traditionally have done it is just the numerical order. I'm a, I'm kind of an organization. I love that the things to be in order like that. So. Um, but, but Nick is saying is doing an order of how we like horses in that race. So that's the way he, uh, listed it off there. So yeah, let us know which way you prefer. Uh, I'll ask Mike about it. If Mike hates the idea, we're not going to do it. So I'll let you know that right now. But <laughs> yeah. He's not here to, to voice his concerns. So he's out, Fair he's way. actually having, he showed me, he had a really good first day of golf. Uh, like ridiculously good. So I think it's gonna. I think he had, I'm going to guess that today was an evener for him. Usually he, <laughs> that's how I usually do. If I do great golf in one day, it's like regress to the mean. All right
2: he's the rosario of golfing is that what we're hearing
1: oh shots fired uh nick we're not going to be able to uh do the del mar uh races on today i'm sorry i know how much you love del mar however the clement hirsch is a breeder's cup winning year in for the Distaff, and that's on saturday which is nice it used to be sunday i'm glad they moved it to saturday now uh she dares the devil won the race last year she's back she's the morning line favorite did you look at that are you going to use her in that race who's your top pick
2: my top pick let me pull it up here uh I love private mission. I have a sweet spot for private mission sure. um, on her maiden on October 18th. I bought the DRF uh, workout report for some reason. It was like, this is the one that's going to win. Now they went really great and really told me something special about this, even money. But since then, she's been great. I really like her going back to the Mound 16th at the Santa Maria. Um, she dares the devil's probably a better horse, probably likely to beat her, but I'm going to play something like the private mission. They have the Delmar contest. Do you do that? The hundred dollar a day picking races thing.
1: I haven't done it. No, I know what you're talking about though.
2: Yeah. So they do a contest where you have fake money for a hundred bucks and you get to do a one place show type of bet and you can do whatever you want. Um, And that is where, you know, you get to really take some crazy stands. I'm minus $900. So again, I'm really good at this, Um, but I think private mission will be my play there.
1: Uh, I mean, I don't hate it. I, I'm with you. I had a you know, big fan of this horse since she uh, debuted too. And, you know, I'd, I'd forget the Des Arnest takes. There's a couple races here where she's just got some real clunkers, but she was, she's chiefly responsible for Marsh Lorraine uh, winning the great Cup Distaff. That's what uh, the full preview for this, by the way, is up now at racing.com and youtube.com slash racing. Dr. Miranda is back uh, in the saddle and she was uh, previewing this race and she literally just said that she has blame private mission for what happened in the Distaff for Marsh Lorraine winning um I, I do too i i was a big fan of she dares the devil all last year especially going into the she was my top pick i had a decent wind bet on her there and yeah i wasn't i wasn't that happy with how the pace the pace progressed there either I, i'm gonna roll with she dares the devil so i said i yeah. like it i don't know that she's necessarily as strong uh as she was last year she did look good in the fleur de Lee. um you know that was the time when she actually got to sit back and let other faster horses go so We'll see what Florent Giroux does with her. That's you know what he actually did with her last year as well. Uh, but a tougher field than last year. You know, last year Venetian Harbor got second, and Venetian Harbor was, was a one-turn horse. So uh, watch out for the seven blue stripe as well. That is yeah. Blue Prizes' uh, younger sister. Blue Prize won the Breeders' Cup Distaff in 2019. As a five year old, after winning the grade one spinster stake, so she got really hot at the end of her five year old year. Blue Stripe could be heating up and Hector Barrios, the jockey. You know, this Nick, uh, I forget the horse's name, but won the big turf state or one of turf stakes at Del Mar like 26 to one at 28 to one, something ridiculously crazy. Uh, it, you know, it was the rail horse, I can't remember who it was, on. but anyways, yeah. you're gonna look yeah. at this, and you're gonna go, well, I don't know who Polanco is, I don't know who Hector Barrios is, the jockey. Take it seriously, those two, you know. They're cooking up something good. Not, I don't mean that in a bad way. They're working on something good <laughs> by. So, uh, I got to yeah. be careful with our words. I don't know Mr. Polanco, so I don't want to
2: say I mean, Blue Stripe came for the Breeders' Cup distaff last year. Didn't That's do much. That's the crazy of...
1: thing. So yeah. Polanco had her since uh, like June and yeah. it's June or July, and she was here for several months working out, and they were going to put her in the. Gosh, what's the prep at Santa Anita? They get you the beholder? Is that the one Ye- they
2: get you It right? Might have been. The Zenyatta.
1: They were going to put yeah, her in the stakes, and yeah. then they just. They're like, no, we'll we're just going to treat her to the beer's cup this staff. And everybody went, what? Yeah. <laughs> and
2: guess she guess ran like that. Out, but- yeah. But you know, came back at the Santa Maria and really ran well and ran down a, a fast pace. And that's what interests me with her. Um, the The mile on a 16th may be a bit short and she just kind of ran behind private mission last out, which is why mm-hmm. I'm going to say private Mission is the play there instead of blue stripe, but blue stripe is definitely a, a, an interesting one. Um, And the rest of them, uh, I I have a hard time making any sense of any of them other than, you know, get get a grade one at um, Del Mar. Not bad.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a a great weekend if you're going to be playing Saratoga uh, on Saturday. If you want to join us, uh, Jared Welch and I are going to be hosting Racing Dudes Live on Saturday, uh, starting a little bit before 5 Eastern. So probably about 445 Eastern we'll be doing that. Uh, We're going to be covering the Test States, the Whitney States, the Saratoga Derby. Aaron Haltman and Mike Samich are both going to be live at Saratoga. Oh, wait, no, Samich won't be there. Haltman will be there. Samich is still be golfing, I think. Uh, but Haltman going to be there live at the track, so he'll be reporting in with how things are going, uh, giving us live looks in the paddock. So if you want a really great exclusive uh, way of playing Saratoga and, and watching the races, join us. It's a lot of fun. Nick, I know you've been in the chat for those, and, and you felt actually you came on for the tournament show when we did one of those live shows as well.
2: I was on my way camping, and you said uh, I'm going to leave, and Jared got left with me so here i was (laughs) hanging out with him he's never let me i
1: told everybody the day before that you were coming on and jared had forgotten so when you showed up he was like oh Okay. Some some guy named Nick showing up and here I was. Yep. yep there you are. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for showing up today, Nick. I appreciate it. My son is enjoying golfing. Uh, Make sure you follow Nick on Twitter. What is it? Is it at Nick Seavers?
2: At Nick Seavers. And then we do a show every weekend or every day of the Del Mar tournament. I do a YouTube show with my friend, Gerald. Um, and we pick the tournament race. when We pick our $100 winners. Um, he's 700 something dollars, like 80 something place. And I'm minus 900 3,000 something place. So maybe listen to him. Maybe he should be on this show next time.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm so glad that you say this for the end. For the, thank you for not opening the show with that information. That's what I was here Nobody for pays you, attention this far. So that's great. Well, I'm curious. I uh, where... Follow, follow much better. Nick, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, Blinkers Off will be on at some point later today. Aaron Halteman will be live from the Starbucks parking lot. Uh, and they get to spend an hour and a half talking about Taba and the Breeders' Cup Classic Future Wager, which is coming up this weekend. So that's pretty exciting. Tune in for that one. do to bet Daily is every Wednesday through Sunday at noon Eastern. Uh, make sure you join us for that. We had another good day so far. Let's see if we can keep things going uh, through the week. Got some CFL and NFL action tonight. And then the Whitney Stakes Wagering Guide, I haven't mentioned that yet. The inside track to the Whitney Stakes Wagering Guide is available at RacingDudes.com. It's available right now, so make sure you check that out. Once again, for Nick Sievers, I'm Magic. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow, Saturday, every day, right here.
0: It's been another week in racing, it's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts cause they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by racingdudes.com